This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 68, where we're talking about Gotham Season 2, Rise of the Villains, episode 16, Prisoners. Hey, this is Drew Powell. I play Butch Gilzean on Gotham, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, Gothamites, to Gotham TV Podcast, episode 68, where we're talking about Gotham Season 2, episode 16, Prisoners. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. I'm one of your other hosts, John. Welcome back, listeners. Um, so, Derek, uh, what did you think of this episode? Yeah, this is an interesting episode, really. Um, small number of stories, small cast, not a huge amount of our uh, of our illustrious members of Gotham City uh, in this episode. No Bruce, no Alfred, no Butch. Um, yeah, very small scenes for other characters as well. Yeah, it was really condensed into essentially like two storylines, really. Mm. Um, and I, I thought like one got the tone right. And I think one for me anyway, at least probably just failed slightly on how it delivered. Um, even though there were some really good aspects to it. Um, some of it, it felt a bit cliche to me. Right. Unfortunately. Um, I think this is what actually one of the weaker episodes of this season. And I think it stands out because of how solid actually the season has been in season two, where they've has, really yeah. got into a groove, uh, with a, with a good ensemble of characters and the cast and maybe bringing it back just to two very focused plot lines. They didn't really kind of connect with the the developments of them in a way. But as I say, one of the storylines really worked for me uh, and, and one of them kind of didn't really. But I mean, again, we really like to find your feedback on, on episodes of, of Gotham, in particular this episode as well. Please just um, send any comments or thoughts to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. You can also join our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Gotham TV podcast. And of course, we also live tweet every Monday at 10 p.m. on Channel 5 for the UK and Ireland broadcast of Gotham. Just go to our Twitter handle and follow us there at Gotham TV podcast. That's right. Except for this week. Unfortunately, we didn't get to make it this week for our live tweet, but we will be back next week for the next episode of Gotham. Uh, good to have you with us, listeners. I'm really good to, to get back talking about Gotham uh, as we do every week uh, as we go on. We're only six episodes left to the end of the season. So, um, so every episode matters at the moment. It really does. Yeah. And of course, for all the listeners out there, remember you can find us on Gotham TV podcast dot com forward slash iTunes, or you can search any other good or evil podcast catcher. Just search Gotham TV podcast. Find us, subscribe to us, and of course, leave a review so that other listeners can also find us and listen to the podcast. Any feedback as well on the podcast is absolutely much appreciated. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been quite a while since we got a review over on iTunes. So uh, pop on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Sure, why not? Why not? Absolutely. <laughs> but as usual, uh, let's kick off into this episode of Gotham. Uh, this episode was written by Danny Cannon, the showrunner, or one of the two major showrunners for uh, the show of Gotham. Uh, he's been with it right since the start. Uh, but we have a new director this time in Scott White. Uh, hasn't actually directed any episodes of Gotham before as a producer on the show, but this is his first episode as a director for Gotham. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us? Sure. Jim Gordon, incarcerated in Blackgate Penitentiary, is subject to the dull, repetitive regime of prison, eat, sleep, exercise, repeat. That is, until he is removed from protective custody into a new section of Gen Pop called The World's End, where his life is threatened by vengeful convicts and the prison warden, an old friend of Commissioner Loeb. As Jim fights for survival with his new friends on the inside, the prison guard Wilson Bishop and convict Peter Puck Davies, his old friend and colleague Harvey Bullock looks for, to help Jim from the outside, enlisting the insistence of Falcone in a successful attempt to break Gordon free from Blackgate. Outside of Blackgate, and again back on the run, Gordon is given a safe house in Gotham so he can find Leslie Tompkins and clear his name. Meanwhile, Oswald Cobblepot grows steadily closer to his father, as they both exchange stories about their past. As Oswald reveals to Elijah Van Dahl his previous criminal activities as the Penguin, Elijah informs him of his failing health, and ultimately forgives Oswald of any wrongdoings. 
However, as Elijah's heart condition worsens and his intentions of changing his will in favour of Oswald become clear to his wife and stepchildren, they move forward with their own plans for the extended family that have tragic consequences. Yes, yeah, so as we mentioned at the start, there's really only two stories here, which does kind of mess with our format a little bit. Uh, as most of our listeners know, we generally cover our episodes with five points each about the episode and a few notes. Uh, I'd say our, our, our points about this episode are going to cross over quite a bit, really. I think so, yeah, absolutely. So I think I'll just kick off with my first point, which is a really quick one. It's just actually how the opening scene was shot, where Jim is lying in Blackgate Penitentiary. Um, I really, really enjoyed how this scene was shot, how it was put together, where it's effectively, uh, he, he keeps laying down on the bed, night turns to day, uh, he wakes up, is told to get out of his cell, goes for a walk around the, around the yard, and then comes back into his cell again over and over, repeating uh, on and on, showing the dis- showing the passage of time. Uh, I thought that was a really good choice for this opening of the episode. Showing Absolutely. That, yeah, just kind of showing that um, Jim is now in probably the worst situation he can be in, and this is intended to last for 40 years. Um, that looks really tough. It looks really, really difficult. There's nothing going on and nothing for him to do. Uh, kind of happy that after the first week in there, there is a move from protective custody which as we mentioned last week i thought it was a bit of a surprise that he was in protective custody considering he was uh, found guilty of killing the mayor of gotham and um a fellow police officer um thought it was quite a surprise that he was under any kind of protection but i suppose i can understand the idea that he is uh quite a volatile character in prison so yes you would put under some kind of protective custody but yeah the move into gem pop i thought was a good choice and i'm glad that happened uh in this episode yeah, definitely. I, I thought this was really good, actually. Um, like just the, the feel, as you say, of the time progression and um, moving through kind of, uh, lapse time with, you know, the regime of prison, that it's repetitive, it's a bit dull. Um, and all of that I thought was really, really good. I, I even thought that it would work really well to kind of, skip forward in time and um, so that like david mazus is obviously growing up and you could do it a couple of years later david mazus you can see his change from the first season where he really is quite young still as he's screaming over his murdered parents mm-hmm. uh you know in, as bruce wayne to to now where you can really see that you know a couple of years and he, he's really started obviously moving into um being a teenager now and yeah. um, so i thought there was would have been a really good mechanism to do um that kind of thing actually a couple of months a year maybe yeah something like that yeah, yeah exactly yeah. just as in the last episode we had the you know we had this the, the time slip forward uh where jim is gone through the court case and all that i thought that would have been quite interesting so i i really liked this and mm-hmm. I, I thought it really set a tone for this uh, prison storyline the one of the two and and certainly with the um the shocking revelation and news that Leslie um has lost her her um baby uh, we we're not told why or anything like that but because of that I I felt it put a really kind of somber uh, sort of uh, serious tone to 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 this storyline and unfortunately for me it's the storyline that I don't think maintained it uh, and it slipped for me and it Ultimately, whilst there are a lot of good things in it, um, I felt a bit unrewarded by by the whole thing. Yeah. And I actually much preferred the lighter storyline, uh, which is actually my first point, I'm going to say. And this is the, the dolls at dinner. To me, this was like Clue, the film. It was in a big mansion, overpowering, overbearing, dark, lit by candles and firelight, heavy paintings, heavy materials, all of this. Um, and you can see the, the, the clocks ticking in, in, um, his wife and his stepchildren to, to ultimately try and secure their inheritance from Elijah Van Dahl. Mm. And you can see the, the growing relationship between Oswald. But to me, this just felt right. It got the tone right, um, throughout the whole of the storyline. Again, where it was maybe a bit Batman 66, um, it felt right because the tone was lighter. Whereas when they kind of did elements of that, not necessarily Batman sixty six, but where they made things fairly obvious in the in the other storyline, I don't think it it worked. It fell a bit flat for me. Yeah. Um. So I really liked this side of it. I, I thought it was fairly obvious still, but nonetheless, it it retained something that 
was endearing to me um, mm -hmm. with Oswald and his father and then beginning to get to know one another and then it being cruelly taken away from him at the end yeah. and the conniving wife and stepchildren with their plan A's and their plan B's and all of this. Mm -hmm. I really, really liked it. I thought it felt right and it felt consistent. Whether you liked it or not is another matter, but yeah. it, it felt good to me. And, and I liked that second storyline. Just to put it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely have to say there's a great moment in that where uh, where Oswald asks his father and now stepmother um, how they met. And she kind of turns to him and says, oh, it's a boring story. But Elijah does want to share the story and tells it really lovingly. But you can tell the, the minute he starts the story, you can tell she doesn't want to tell because it looks so suspicious that uh, this rich man comes down to a waitress and then she tells him, about her stepchildren and he brings them into his home. Uh, so obviously she knew it was going to look suspicious in front of Oswald, who seems to be quite a smart guy. So, um, yeah. Absolutely. And you have as well, you know, that he's the only true blood relative. You've kind of got that plot thickening there. Um, as you get the sort of knowing glances between the, 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 the wife and the stepchildren mm -hmm. about what's going on. And it immediately sprung to mind for me, you know, it was the wife with, with the lead piping in, in the dining room. <laughs> um, it really just smacked to that. And that's kind of how I watched this story in that vein. I was, you had the plan A, uh, which was to try and reveal Oswald's dark past, but we have Elijah accepting him, you know, informing him of his own ill health and, and all that, getting to know one another. You have the plan B, which was hilarious in itself. It was. But again, because this whole side of it was 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 that lighter kind of Cluedo-esque um, feel to it, I could take that on board and feel satisfied with it. Whereas I think with the other, it was going for a much darker, much more serious tone. And some of the things that occurred along that road just didn't yeah. work for me. And I can probably come to them in some of my other points. Yeah, absolutely. But on this point, I loved the Oswald and Elijah storyline throughout this episode. I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, on that, then my next point is actually about Plan B, because I thought it was hilarious. Uh, as you mentioned, the idea that, uh, that they're now going to set his new stepsister on Oswald to try and talk him into killing the father and taking all the money, uh, I thought was brilliant. Yeah. I thought it was absolutely really well played, really good fun, a great little, um, what would you call it? Kind of like a, a British romp. It was almost like something out of a, a Carry On movie. Yeah, where, exactly. Where she's straddling him on the bed and he slides out from underneath her going, you're practically my sister. What are you doing here? And she comes downstairs, reveals that her plan hasn't worked. And the stepbrother goes, well, do you want me to try maybe? Yeah, <laughs> um, that was hilarious. Again, putting Oswald's sexuality into question. Uh, he mentioned in the past that a girl would never take him away from his mother in the past. You know, uh, I like the idea here that uh, there's a little play on that in the episode itself. Absolutely. That was really good. I must say, I absolutely thought that was really funny. Mm -hmm. um, just how it unfolded with the plan A not working, then the plan B, and unfortunately leading to the plan C. Yeah. Yeah, and that leads me on to my next point, which is Plan C. Um, you know, poor Oswald. He's now lost both his biological parents. Mm -hmm. um, I, I thought it was really um, just so tragic that Oswald, in getting to know his 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 father this episode and the previous one being introduced to him, that he's taken away from him so cruelly. Um, I mean, it was a great chemistry, I think, that they had between the two of them. And I really enjoyed this uh, in the episodes. Yeah, yeah. And to see it, however signposted and kind of you knew it was coming, mm -hmm. um, I think because it was done in this kind of clue-type fashion, um, you know, I was expecting Tim Curry to sort of pop <laughs> up. And um, that... It felt kind of right. It felt over dramatic for the sake of being over dramatic. Yeah. It, it made sense to me. Uh, and, um, but again, it was another tragic beat with Oswald Coppelpot. And no doubt this is going to launch him into 
finding his old self again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once he realizes that he was poisoned, um, I suspect that the stepmother and the step-siblings aren't going to be around for much longer after he finds out that his father was poisoned. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I wouldn't, I'd wouldn't. i keep all the knives uh, on lockup uh, from now on. Um, yeah, and I really enjoyed this, especially, you know, the, the portrayal by Paul Rubens of the character we mentioned in the last week's episode. He looks so similar in some ways to Robin Lord Taylor's uh, penguin uh, that he does look like there's a kind of a, a a connection between the two of them and the, the i think there's some fireside scenes where they're talking about uh, their relationship and their their myth their past and their secrets and that kind of stuff uh, i really like those character building moments the one thing i would say about the end i could definitely have done without the line earlier on in the episode where uh, elijah says to him i'm not allowed to drink any alcohol uh, it's bad for my health and then, of course, he takes his only drink of alcohol, which is the poisoned one. Um, I just thought there was a little bit too much nail on the head. You knew it was going to happen from that point onwards. It sometimes feels in Gotham that they can't get the balance right as to whether they need to over-explain something or just let it sit. Um, and this felt completely over-explained. It felt like um, we're just going to pepper the pepper the pathway to this action um, with these things that are going on. But they over-peppered the mix, I suppose, for me. Um, but I did like the scene and I, I, I loved Oswald screaming to the sky as his father passed away in, in his arms, you know. Um, but yeah, the, my Batman 66 moment for the episode is definitely here as Oswald's stepbrother throws the rest of the whiskey onto the ground and the smoke rises from it as it goes to the floor, just like a potion would in the, yeah, in the, in the 66 show. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I think as well, just from this, it is that, you know, from the tragedy will be reborn uh, the penguin. Mm-hmm. You know, in a sense, his father has given him the right to be the penguin again by him saying, oh, you didn't tell me you were such a famous uh, criminal. You know, good on you. Like, he was almost, like, proud of him mm-hmm. uh, that... He had this notorious and famous criminal in his own house, and it was his son. Yeah. So, like, I wonder if this, you know, obviously will spur the penguin back into existence, mm-hmm. where all that uh, Hugo Strange uh, conditioning will be undone by this absolute tragic uh, event. We saw what happened with Gertrude dying and how that changed him. You know, Oswald is someone that lives by his feelings. So, like, this is really going to be interesting the next few episodes, I reckon. Certainly, certainly. Derek, what's your next point? Uh, my next point is the return of Falcone. Um, I have to say this scene was fantastically well shot. I know it's a bit a bit odd, I suppose, that Harvey Bullock would reach out for him, but we do know Harvey has a bit of a shady past. Um, he did obviously help uh, Falcone out of the city when, uh, when he was under attack, and Falcone went into retirement. Um, but... It is odd that he did reach out for him to help out with Jim. But, you know, he's in a bit of a tough position. Who else is going to help him out when all the cops seem to believe that uh, Jim's guilty of a crime that he didn't commit? Um, but I loved how the scene itself was shot. Another another great bit of praise for this first-time director for Gotham. Um, the scene in the, in the diner as uh, Harvey sits opposite Fal- Falcone, where he sits in shadow, hat on his head. Really good, striking image of Harvey Bullock. Uh, and you don't get to see who's on the other side of the table until that fa- until that final line of the scene. As Falcone says, it's rude to wear a hat indoors. Um, I really like that scene. I like the interplay between the two of them. I like that it's Harvey getting one of our old characters back. One of the things I really like about uh, a lot of TV shows I, I watch, one of the things I like is when they connect characters from previous seasons and previous episodes and bring them back in. Um, so this choice here to bring back uh, Falcone, great idea, and to have them have him hidden in the scene until... Harvey finished explaining what he needed from him. I thought it was a really good, a really good uh, visual for the episode. Yeah, this was actually one of my favorite um, shots of the episode. As you say, just the the sliding up of the camera towards Harvey as he's speaking, uh, and it's switching round to to reveal Falcone. I thought it was really, really good. I mean. Falcone was one of my favorite aspects um, to do with season one. Mm-hmm. I really liked how John Doman uh, played Falcone. I loved his interaction with Maroney. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that, it worked really, really well for me. And to have him back, I thought was pretty sweet, actually. Yeah. Um, as you say, um, the consistency of being able to get him back, I think, is really good as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that he, you know, he has that history with Jim Gordon and to Jim Gordon's father that we knew from season one as well. 
I just thought it it was fitting. It felt right that it was Falcone who would come and help him in this way, even though in a sense he's semi-retired from uh, the the mobster game mm-hmm. um, after the last uh, season. But this to me was really good. I loved the meeting on the bridge as well at the end. Um, I loved how that kind of transpired, that he was the one to help break him out of uh, Blackgate. He's still got his contacts in Gotham. He can still pull those strings even though he's kind of faded into the background. And I really liked that. It really was um, great to see uh, Falcone back in Gotham, to be honest. absolutely. And that final scene really looked like something out of Miller's Crossing or a good gangster film, um, a good Godfather movie, something like that. I really enjoyed that too. Uh, John, what's your next point? My next point is the world's end. I loved um, the fact that the consequences of Jim being put into Gen Pop uh, was um, really came to the fore, and in particular that uh, whilst you couldn't really recognise any of the inmates as being people who Jim had put away, even mm. though that was said, the main protagonist here, or the main antagonist, I should say, is actually Commissioner Loeb by proxy with the, the prison warden. I love the fact that you think Commissioner Loeb has gone, and one of his old stooges is there who runs Blackgate and is the one causing Jim's life absolute merry hell. It's all this, the ghosts coming back to haunt Jim. I love the fact that that is a consequence. And in particular, it, it felt right um, that it was Commissioner Loeb who was really um, behind it all. I love the fact that the warden you know, moves in close and says a word from Commissioner Loeb, you know, mm-hmm. that your your life is going to be hell here. You just have to behave. You know, you can imagine Commissioner Loeb somewhere in Gotham, now retired, out of the game, just taking huge, huge satisfaction uh, with this predicament of Jim Gordon and him being able to make his life even more hell than it already is. Yeah. So I really like that aspect to it. Um, I must say that to me was felt, absolutely right in this episode yeah yeah i agree with you i think that's one of the nice touches in the episode what i did say i wanted last week after watching the episode where jim got sent down what i said i wanted was um to have some consequences of being a police officer who would have put most of these members um of gotham the gotham's underworld into prison uh, what i wanted to see was those people rise up didn't think this worked, unfortunately, very well in this episode. Um, what we got was a brother of someone uh, that was in the Red Hood gang that was killed, and he's the one that set on uh, Jim. I kind of wanted to see some recognisable villains uh, from season one, some recognisable henchmen, uh, potentially of Moroni or Falcone. There's been a few um, that could have been in this prison. Uh, we didn't need to see them taken down during season one or anything like that. Potentially see Gabe in there, one of Oswald's former henchmen. Um, someone recognisable that would be in prison because of Jim, um, I think would have been a much better choice for this episode. It's one of my, it's kind of my next point, um, is about that, that scene. They kind of set it up themselves in the episode. They specifically say when, uh, being, he's being transferred from protective custody into, uh, World's End that, this is where all of the people that you sent down are. Uh, Harvey calls it out when he's on the phone to the unnamed person who's who's trying to get help from. Uh, he specifically says, but he's in there where, where all those people that we arrested have been sent. But we don't really get to see any of that. There's, there's not, you know, 20 or 30 people who are saying, you arrested me. It's your fault that I'm in here. Um, there's one guy who says it's his brother who's been shot in the head by, um, by Jim and Harvey. Uh, and then everybody else just jumps on him and kicks him. You know? but, and I, I, I agree. I think that's one of the issues here is that they completely set it up for Jim to have a really tough time at the hands of felons in prison and um, who he had previously helped convict. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the Commissioner Loeb thing felt right. But you're right. The fact that there is no one else there. And, I, and that's, I think, for a number of reasons. One is that he's either shot them. Mm-hmm. Two, they're in Arkham, not in Blackgate. Mm-hmm. And three... They've not been arrested. I think Gabe is now with um, Butch Gilzean. So, like, there isn't really anything. The only person I could actually think of, because I was was trying to just think who could it be, was either, um, I was even thinking the balloon man, but Mm. he fell, he was shot out of the sky and I think died. Or the electrocutioner. It would have been the electrocutioner who would have been the big bad villain who could have been in Blackgate. Yeah. Um, I don't think he went to Arkham. And that, to me, was 
who I was kind of expecting, someone like that. After that, you know, Jonathan Crane is in hospital or probably Arkham. And you've all and these he's only pe- a kid, yeah. There's all these other people that have gone to Indian Hill or you mm-hmm. think are dead, or they're in um Arkham, or they're still out there, or they've been killed. So for me, I thought it was the electrocutioner who would have been the most recognizable immediately for being someone who could have gotten people on board to to really give Jim a tough time you know that he had managed to build up a course of followers whilst he was there and as well you have Commissioner Lowe that could have been a nice like tag team Mm -hmm. that would have worked I kind of agree with you that really there was no prisoner protagonist even though that was kind of the threat coming Mm -hmm. from Jim being moved from protective custody to general population that um, that really fulfilled that role in a meaningful way, ultimately. And it was one of the downsides of this side of the the episode, yeah. I thought. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you bring up Balloon Man. I was thinking of Balloon Man a lot this episode. I don't think he was killed, though. I think uh, I think he was actually saved, wasn't he? When, uh, when Jim was about to fly away in the balloon, Harvey shoots it, doesn't he? And that's how Jim gets away from the Balloon Man and they arrest him at the end of the episode. Um, I haven't watched that episode again uh, since we watched it a couple of times at the be- beginning of season one, and it's probably my least favorite episode to date. Um, but I was thinking about it a lot during this episode. Um, John, what's your next point? My next point uh, is Puck, actually, is is Peter Puck. Um, I thought it was kind of quite good to have him on the side of Jim. Like, I loved the idea that um, there was the prison guard, uh, Bishop, and then there was Puck, who was in there. And I actually felt at the start, I thought Puck was going to be Jim's conscience effect- effectively in prison. You know, he says that line, whereas, you know, the law is the law. You know, I've got six years for, for stealing a car for a girl. And Jim's like, oh, that's steep. And he goes, but the law is the law. You know, mm. I'll do my time and then I'll get out. I don't want to be like my old fella. All of this. That felt like Jim's conscience speaking to me, where he was like saying, just do your time. Remember, when you get out, the law is the law. Mm. You know, yes, you might have to bend the rules slightly in Gotham, but that doesn't extend to murdering people. Because, yes, he's been framed, but at the same time, you do feel that there's a justification as to why, as to why Jim is in Blackgate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's one of maybe the other potential issues with this kind of storyline is that, yes, in this case, he's been framed and he shouldn't be there. But knowing what we know as the audience with what he's done, yeah. he's also, the framing is of the truth. Um, so he should be there. It's kind of a bit of a, a double-edged sword, which, to be honest, slightly confuses the, the moral sort of through line for me a bit. But nonetheless, I thought Puck was a great introduction. And unfortunately, I just felt then that how he ended was a bit contrived. Um, I mean... The idea that, you know, by trying to rescue him, like, I don't know why you would make him go on the run (laughs) with yourself Mm -hmm. and break the law. And for me, that made no sense to me. Why would you, first of all, put someone who has basically said to you, they're going to live out their sentence for the six years go back out and then respect the law again. You know, it wasn't like he was going to turn into a hardened criminal. Mm. But why would you also do it by unplugging him from his life support <laughs> that he's on and then he dies in the front of the ambulance? Terrible, terrible idea. Like, it was just really, really awful. I, I didn't understand why it was written like that at all. It would have felt better for me if... Jim had said, one more favor, can you use your lawyers to try and get him out, Mm. you know, or get him into protective custody and try and reduce his sentence again, but not bring him on the run and break the law again when he's in a hospitalized state. Mm -hmm. Like, that was just, like, nuts. I think I can see what they were trying to do. I think what it was supposed to be saying was Jim feared for his life if he was left in prison after Jim escaped, potentially, and that's what he wanted to protect him. Something like that, but maybe that's the guidance he gave to the to the guard that helped him get out. Um, maybe I think that's what he should have been doing. Maybe some guidance to take care of the kid. Um, Anything but that, because I do think that Puck otherwise was actually a really nice little character in the prison whilst Jim is there and he's got no one else. But that 
first conversation to me set this idea up that he was a bit of Jim's conscious speaking right. to him. That's what I kind of had, and that's what I thought, and then he dies at the end. And I think it ultimately comes back to one of the issues sometimes that happens with Gotham, that they just do things too quickly. Uh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, here we have Jim just being um, convicted from the last episode, yep. taken into Blackgate this episode, and he's already out. Why not the next episode or the episode after mm-hmm. and focus and draw that out a bit more? That, to me, is just... It's almost defaulting back to some of the worst aspects of Gotham that you can sometimes get. Yeah. And I think it just stands out more because this, this, um, this season has been so good. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. Uh, that is also one of my points is this, um, this returning to rescue puck scene. Um, I just didn't understand that the, the idea that the escape is so well planned. The, the guy that stabs Jim with a retractable knife using some fake blood. They they get him taken out in a body bag, which is the only way that you can apparently exit uh, World's End in in Blackgate is to either in a body bag or to get parole, and nobody gets parole. That's all set up really well at the beginning of the episode. They go through this convoluted plot to get him outside. Uh, they're about to get into the ambulance, and then they bring him back inside to save Puck and then get back outside again without any other plan. That wasn't on the plan. How did they get back out again? They didn't go back out in a, in a body bag, you know? It made no sense. It felt like it was needed for Puck to die at the end, but there should have been another way. Something else. Uh, this just seemed so ridiculous to have Jim no, walk it, back it, into the prison yeah, again it, and come back out again. It made no sense. It really, really didn't. And that's why I think it would have made more sense where Jim goes, could you make Puck safe? You know, get him mm-hmm. safe, get him recovered and get a lawyer and get him out of prison. Even to Falcone. Yeah. Someone. I just... As you say, it, it made no sense. Um, and, and it was a, a real shame, I think, um, because the start of this storyline just felt like it could be really classy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Especially that opening shot, as I mentioned, one of my favorite shots in the episode. Um, one other thing about Puck, talk about signposted. Uh, as he says, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to live out my days. I think I turned to you while watching the episode and said, he's dead in the next scene, isn't he? Um, you know, yeah. he seemed way too innocent a character to be able to carry off that. They've also said that this is the world's end. People only get out of here in body bags and parole and nobody gets paroled. Why is this kid in here for stealing a car? Yeah. Like, I know they called out that it's an unfair sentence for him, but that's very unfair. He doesn't get sentenced to die, even in Gotham, because he stole the car. He got six years in prison, but obviously not a maximum security prison for that. That seems seems odd. I thought there was going to be a revelation that he'd murdered the girlfriend that he was going to be taking out in a date and stuck her in the back, in the boot of the car, or something. Uh, something connected to that. But no, um, just seemed like a really odd choice. Uh, definitely not my favourite moment of the season so far. Uh, but I think it just undermined that whole storyline for me. Um, and it, it could have been used in a different way that would have still had a punch, but would have preserved the integrity of him meeting people on the inside that were helping him. Yeah. I kind of like that idea that Jim in prison had forces lined up against him in the shape of the warden, you know, and ultimately commissioned low by default. Yeah. And maybe even some of his previous um, prosecutions, such as the electrocutioner, they didn't have that. They didn't have him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, having then lined up for Jim, new friends and people trying to keep him safe. And that could have just played out nicely, slowly, carefully over a couple of episodes. And instead, it's crammed into one, trying to do too much in too short a time. And it ends up messing it up big time yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, but look, I mean, that's just my opinion. There were a lot of aspects which within that storyline I really liked as well, like mm-hmm. Falcone coming back. Um, but it just didn't work for me, unfortunately. Yeah. No, no, I totally agree. So Derek, what's your next point? Uh, just a nice little touch, a nice little uh, Easter egg in there for the episode. I liked the scene with Oswald and his father as uh, as he's making a suit for Oswald. 
where he's using a little monocle to check out the quality of the seams that he's put into the suit for Oswald. I like that little scene because it's a nice little call out to the fact that in the comic books, Penguin is quite often seen with a little monocle in his eye. So I wonder if he'll pick that up from uh, from his little dear old dad. Absolutely. A tribute to his father. Absolutely. Yeah. Really, a really nice little touch, I thought, as well. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. Yeah, and as, as his father says, he uh, he's not happy for the poor young people of today that don't have uh, his same sense of style. Again, kind of imparting that on Oswald, a person who's well known to be walking around in suits and is kind of a, a well-dressed character a lot in Gotham. So I like that little touch. I thought that was pretty cool. And I wondered if this was the new socializing that, you know, you go tailoring. Um, I thought it was uh, <laughs> I thought it was a nice little touch. And even just the fact that not only did you have the monocle, but you had the long uh, suit coat. Yes. Um, like the, the Fred Astaire dancers, you know, with the top hat you can really see that starting to build even just with the bow tie now that he's um gotten from uh from elijah absolutely yeah yeah and uh penguin gets his tails exactly so that was a really nice little character development yeah absolutely yeah it was yeah uh john do you want to give us your final point yeah, Leslie's lost the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big point here, I think. Um, it really has two ramifications for me, actually. Mm. Um, one is just the fact that obviously, uh, Harvey has to tell Jim this news and that, you know, she's moved south and no one's heard from her since. You know, mm-hmm. the letters have dried up going to Jim uh, and Harvey's unfortunately been left in the position to tell him of, of the bad news. Like, this has huge ramifications for Jim uh, once he's out of prison and hopefully, you know, and presumably his name is cleared. Yeah. Like, whether she wants anything to do with him, you know, is it because of the stress of him going into prison? Has all that contributed to the loss of the baby? I mean, nothing is uh, embellished here. And so uh, we still don't know why. But obviously, you know, this has potential um, ramifications down the line once uh, he finds and, and hooks back up with Leslie Tompkins. Certainly. I think the other thing as well that really struck my mind was that, you know, as Jim goes off at the end of the episode to to clear his name so that he can then find Leslie to to comfort her and to to really support her, he feels he has to go and clear his name first before he can do that. And of course, otherwise he's always a hunted man. Mm-hmm. The second huge ramification that I have is really for Ed Nigma because it is really that when Jim finds that Ed is the one responsible, which I wonder if he will do within mm-hmm. this. Um, you know, by the 22nd episode of this season, or, you know, will Ed frame someone else as the person who framed Jim, which gets into a really riddle-esque uh, type situation. Aye. But if he finds out that it's Ed Nigma who, who did this, the ramifications for Ed are like huge That's now true. that Leslie has lost her baby. And mm-hmm. um, like without all of this stress and, and rigmarole that's gone on, that maybe you know, Jim and Leslie would have lived happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's a really interesting point because at the same time, you know, Ed Nigma did ultimately expose Jim's murder of Theo Gallivan, even though he framed him for the murder of one of the strike force uh, officers. Yeah, Officer Pickney, wasn't it? Yeah, it's it's a really difficult position uh, that's that's there and it's a really good kind of discussion point you know who's in the right who's in the wrong Mm -hmm. and i really like that but i do feel that ed is really going to get it then you know we know jim's temper is he going to be um calmed down through you know puck's sage advice and that conscience aspect or will the rage that we know Jim Gordon has, will it still remain? And that's the interesting thing for me is the ramifications of this loss of their baby and how that will impact on Jim and Leslie's relationship, them individually and on some of the revelations that may come out as a result of Jim spending time in prison and the framing of him by Enigma. So it'd be really good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, If we see Leslie Tompkins again, of course, uh, she has gone south and nobody knows where she is. She's not responding to anybody. So um, I know that the the actress was pregnant uh, at the time when this was filmed. So um, it's likely that she was sent off to to have her baby and spend some time with her child. Um, But interesting, wondering if she will actually return for any future episodes of this of this season. Um, Yeah, that is one of the good points about this episode. There are some good things to think about and how it's going to 
affect future episodes, definitely. And that covers off our top five points. John, do you have any notes about this episode? I do have a few. Um, I love the fact that we do see Jim in his OC vest again uh, <laughs> at the start. Um, as he, we have the time slip forward. Um, you know, there we go. We have Orange County, um, back, uh, as always. Um, I love that little nod that they do occasionally. Um, I loved the wide shots that they did of Blackgate Prison from mm. the outside. I thought that was superb. I really liked the, the special effects there. I thought it was really nicely done. Mm-hmm. It really gave a sense of the place. So I really liked that. Um, and I really liked the thunderstorm at uh, Vandal Manor. I thought that was quite cool, the lightning and thunder going on. It really does feel like something out of a Tim Burton film, without a doubt. They're definitely paying homage to that uh, that former Batman director, uh, Tim Burton. Definitely, yeah. definitely. And then finally, on movie night, um, we I thought we might hear Batman playing or something <laughs> like that. Um, but no, we have Warner Brothers cartoons playing um, and... That was just quite cool. But at one point I wondered, are we going to get Batman to yeah. show up? <laughs> and if we do, what type of Batman? You know, will it be Batman 66? Will it be Tim Burton's? Um, I thought would be interesting. Yes, that would be quite interesting as uh, turning the whole city on its head as they play uh, a Batman movie for uh, for the audience in the in Blackgate Prison. So Derek, do you have any notes? Uh, no real notes about the episode. Good, good uh, points there, John. And always good to talk about an episode, uh, whether we particularly think it's the best episode of the series or not um for me overall on this episode what i'm really looking forward to is next week's uh i i'm glad this is a bit of a standalone episode not a huge amount actually happened in here for jim's character he got in and out of prison in the episode that's kind of it um the the moment obviously the reveal of the death of his baby is pretty awful pretty gruesome idea for the poor guy who's been sent to prison uh, but i thought the actual storyline of getting him out of prison felt like we need to get jim from point a to point b and here's the story we're going to tell this episode uh, didn't feel it was the right choice and uh, thought it was pretty poor towards the end particularly of the episode um so i would have kind of felt that in a, another episode we may have seen this told better um than it was in this particular one. Also, we got a bit of Harvey Bullock in this episode. No Bullockisms this week. Harvey was hugely serious in this episode uh, and carrying the weight of uh, of what he was trying to do. Um, felt felt like a different character almost uh, this this episode, which is understandable. He's lost his partner. His partner's gone to gone to prison, uh, and he is a man on a mission to get Jim out. So understandable that he wouldn't be sitting joking around. Uh, that's not his character uh, to just sit and just joke around. So good to kind of see, see a serious side of, of Harry, but overall that part of the episode didn't really work. On the other side of the house, obviously we had the other story with Oswald and the Vandals, uh, an interesting story, some really good stuff in there, but once again, taking out Paul Rubin's uh, character of, um, of Elijah Vandal felt a little bit soon. Would have loved to have seen him in the show a bit more. And having Oswald lose both parents within three episodes does feel like a pretty painful thing for the character to go through, kind of pushing him through all of the stuff. What else is there for Oswald to do in future other than become the Penguin and be the big villain in Gotham? He's now lost every family member he has in a couple episodes, you know, in, in seven or eight episodes, I think, between uh, when his mother died and now with uh, with Elijah. So, uh yeah, bit a bit of a, a sad time for everybody, but not and not a great episode overall, unfortunately for me. Uh, John, any overall thoughts on the episode? Yeah, I mean, for me, I thought this had some really good points to it and showed off some of the best aspects of Gotham and also ultimately showed off some of the worst in the same. And unfortunately for me, it fell on the side of probably showing more of the worst elements of, of Gotham that can be had. Um, as I say... Two storylines. I absolutely loved one, which was the um, Penguin and uh, his father's uh, storyline. Uh, it felt right. It felt partly serious, partly jokey. It was light. It made sense. It, it all fitted nicely. Jim in prison, it was really serious. And I felt that actually this could have been really classy. For me, it was undermined by how they treated Puck um, and how they got Jim out of prison. Mm-hmm. Um, I preferred to have seen him do sort of almost like a great escape type of aspect for this. This would have felt better, or maybe a Shock great Shock redemption. Yeah, kind of idea, yeah. Um, maybe a great escape with with help from Falcone. I love Falcone being reintroduced here. Mm-hmm. I loved how these serious elements of, of Jim's character really came out, and there were 
continuing consequences. And I think for me, I would give this um, 2.9 poison decanters out of 5. It's just short of a recommend for me mm-hmm. because I don't think I'd recommend this episode to anyone who maybe wanted to get into Gotham. Mm-hmm. I'd tell them, go back to episode one of this season and start watching it. And um, For me, it just had too many things that were too obviously signposted and um, other things that just didn't need to happen like puck's death and it was too quick it felt rushed accelerated for no other reason than they have to do it and um, it's it's like they suddenly realized part of the way through writing this season okay we've not got enough left we need to cram everything into this episode with jim being in prison and then i suspect it will go to a better pace after this so i just don't think it worked yeah um unfortunately and i think it stands out more because of of how good this season has been so yeah it it really pains me to say it actually because i thought they were on a really good roll of Mm -hmm. excellent episodes and this really did just lapse back into some of the worst habits that has happened in Gotham. Yeah. Um, and I think they have to be careful about that. They yeah. really do. But it's been um, a lo- you're right, it has been a long time since we've had a, a poor episode uh, of Gotham. Uh, overall, we usually get, you know, little points here and there that we're not happy with as, as viewers of the show. But, you know, they're allowed to have a slip occasionally. This is 38 episodes of the show uh, so far, uh, 16 into this season. So hopefully... They've got this this one just out of the way and they can move on to a good episode next week. Looking forward to seeing next week's episode. I think that finishes up this episode. On to this week's feedback. Our first piece of feedback comes in from Claire. She says, Afternoon. As always, really enjoyed your latest podcast. The feedback from Natalie was interesting, as where Elijah and the rest of the Vandals came from. It would be fantastic if there was a Hugo Strange connection. I personally feel and would prefer a connection back to the Falcone or Moroni. Or even maybe Elijah knew Jim's father at one point being a DA. One thing for sure, he's definitely got secrets and a huge amount of wealth. So looking forward to episode 16, Prisoners. Interesting title. Thanks one again, once again, Claire. Thanks for that feedback, Claire. Yeah, unfortunately after this episode, doesn't look like we're going to see a huge bit more of Elijah and his backstory. Uh, we kind of got the overall uh, feeling of who he was. Generally a shut-in, so probably no strange connection or Falcone connection. Uh, but it is possible that the rest of the family, the step uh, family of Oswald, it is possible that they may have a connection and we're going to get the money for, uh, for Hugo Strange or Falcone. Um, but yeah, thanks for your thoughts. Yeah, I definitely feel like having the Falcone connection would be really cool as well. Given that we have Falcone back in this episode, that would have been quite nice. Um, you know, maybe their family were tailors to the mobsters or something like that. And, mm you know, helped with various other things. And maybe something will come out in the will and, and the the result of Elijah's death. So you never know. There's still a slim slither of hope that that kind of uh, intrigue could really come out here. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping it does, really. Because yeah. I, I think that just adds the depth to the character, even though he's not on screen anymore. And he has only been with us for a short time on Gotham. So, I mean, in that sense, I really feel that would be great. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Thank you so much for the feedback, Claire. That's really nice. We also move on to um, uh, feedback from Natalie. And um, she makes the point, wow, for once, Gotham limits itself to just two plots. Um, You know, we have Jim in prison as the first plot. And then we have the second plot, which is Oswald at the Vandals family house, you know, two really big plots here, mm-hmm. uh, not the general ensemble aspects that we're, we're used to seeing here on Gotham. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, very, very unusual to just have the two plots and not have the usual 10 or 15 characters in the episode. Uh, Natalie goes on, I don't know which reveal was more stunning. Carmine Falcone's visit, or that Lee lost the baby and moved away. Absolutely, I think these reveals were really, really good in the episode. And I must say, I really liked them, um, especially Falcone's. I think with Lee, it was a really big, tragic point that, that comes here for Jim. And certainly, the, these two reveals were huge in, in what they did. And I, part of it was, you know, did... 
ultimately they work. I presume we won't see Falcone again for uh, the the rest of the season. He might pop up once or twice. I don't know. But it felt like to me that this was a one-off special guest appearance uh, with with Lee. Obviously, there is some actual real-life reason for her having to move away from the show. So Uh writing this in... um, gives that opportunity and space um but certainly i think with the reveal of, of leslie's uh like tragic news by by harvey um i thought it was quite a nice tender moment of harvey having to give that news actually um but also just i think the ramifications of it as i said i think it has um huge ramifications for ed i mean i feel as though ed would be an absolute dead man from 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 jim uh, given this tragic uh, result of everything and um, but also that you know does it spell the end is it too much to come back from for their relationship it'll be interesting to see actually absolutely i also noticed that in natalie's email she points out the other thing that's playing on movie night in uh, Blackgate Prison is Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I was wondering what that was. I didn't recognize it. Uh, Good catch, Natalie. Thanks very much for that. And finally, Natalie kind of um, echoes some of the things that we've said here that, uh, you know, unfortunately, Gotham suffers sometimes from too many moving parts. While I appreciate that they took the time to service two plots, I miss Bruce and Alfred again. I wish they had revealed what was on Thomas Wayne's computer before they sent Bruce out into the streets that loose end has been dangling all season yeah we mentioned that on our last episode of, of, of gotham uh for the episode mad gray dawn yeah. yeah mad gray dawn and um i completely agree i think you know i don't mind them spending time with characters i i think that actually is really important and helps they have to spend quality time with their characters i feel and i'm not entirely sure that for jim they did that even though i it started off well mm-hmm. um Natalie goes on to say, my other complaint this episode is one of time and timing. Months have probably passed since Jim was taken into custody last episode, let alone the trial they glossed over. Yet Penguin's plot feels like it's taken only a week or two. Yeah, I mean, on the plus side, though, however, she goes, last week I was asking how Gotham would put both Jim Gordon and Penguin back on the path to their respective destinies. This week answered that question with strong preliminary steps on both counts. Jim escaped from prison to pursue the truth and clear his name. Penguin suffered from the loss of his just-found father, and that mental anguish is sure to return him to his old ways in due time. Absolutely. I think... That was certainly um, the the reason for this episode was to put them back on their path, as you say, to their respective destinies. For me, I think one of them worked better than the other. It felt more in keeping with the character. And for me, Jim's story really just was slightly undermined for me. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Thanks so much, as always, for your feedback, Natalie. That's really good good of you to send it in. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Natalie, for all the great feedback. It's really much appreciated. And thank you, Claire, as well. Mm Mm-hmm. We just got a small bit of feedback this week on Twitter because we weren't live tweeting on Monday night, unfortunately. Uh, it came from Claire Payne. Just thought it was an important one to bring up. She says, there is one Strike Force member left. The lady Victor shot um, in episode four, but her bulletproof vest saved her. Uh, totally correct. Yeah, that's Josie Mack, actually a character from um, the Gotham Central storyline that we covered really early on in our in our run on Gotham. Um, I actually, I think I may have confused her with Officer Parks, who was killed by Eduardo Flamingo uh, in one of the episodes. So I thought he'd actually taken um, Josie Mack out in that episode. But good catch there, Claire. Thanks very much for your f- feedback on that. So I think that's the end of this week's episode. We'll be back next week with Gotham Season 2, Episode 17, hoping for a much stronger episode next week and some other uh, elements of the show brought into it. Really looking forward to seeing Episode 17. Uh, If you want to find the podcast, make sure you subscribe to it. If you're an Apple user, you could subscribe to the podcast over at gothamtvpodcast.com slash iTunes. If you're an Android user, you can subscribe to us on any good podcast catcher just by searching for Gotham TV Podcast. And make sure you send us in your thoughts either on Twitter at Gotham TV Podcast or send it to us by email to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. We'll speak with you next time. Bye. for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby.